in the closing moments of our service today. And I just loved looking at the children and just seeing how their actions today just represented really what Easter is all about for every one of us. And Pascaline said it so wonderfully. You know, she said and she spoke about Jesus actually dying. We know the story. You may have heard it when you were growing up. You may have heard it in Sunday school. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And the Bible says that God raised him from the dead on the third day so that whoever believes in him might have eternal life. It really is that simple. Very often, you know, we, we complicate things. We think, you know, that we've got to get our lives right before God will accept us. All of us have had those thoughts go through our mind at some time in our lives. You know, is my life good enough to present to God? Would, will God accept me knowing everything about me? The answer is yes. The answer is certain. God loves every single one of us. Do you know, it's amazing. The Bible is the most sold book in the world. Year in, year out, it's the number one world bestseller. But this is an amazing fact. Also, whilst being the most sold book, it's the most so stolen book. Why is that? Why is the Bible, year in, year out, a number one bestseller? Why is it that the Bible is the most stolen book? I'll tell you why. Because we need it. We need what's inside of it. And there's a message inside of the Bible that God reaches out to every one of us and says, I love you. I never want to leave you. I'll never forsake you. Your life is important to me. Do you know you're the center of God's attention? You really are. Like the children have performed so wonderfully this morning. Oh, how God loves us. He really does. I'm going to read to you just a, a verse from the Bible in a moment. And you're going to see why, why, why it's the most sold book. You're going to see why it's the most stolen book. We read these words in Isaiah 59, verse 1. It says this. It's going to come up on the screen behind me. It says this. Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short or weak that it cannot save, nor is his ear so impaired that it cannot hear. This is one of the reasons, one of the many reasons, a statement like this, one of the many reasons why the Bible is the most sold book. Why the Bible is the most stolen book. Why? Because it offers hope. It offers a wonderful guarantee of salvation. God's arm is not short that it cannot reach into our lives. God's arm is not limited that it cannot take a hold of us and save us. It's not weak. It's strong. His ear 
is not impaired that it cannot hear your cry. How many times as adults, you feel uncertain about life, you feel uncertain about the direction that you've taken, you've laid your head on the pillow at night, worrying, concerned, striving, struggling in your mind. We've all done it. You shed a tear. You've been awake in the midnight hour, bound by anxiety. God's ear is not impaired. God's ear is not deaf that he cannot hear those intimate cries of our hearts. I'm so glad we don't have a tyrant overhead we don't have a dictator overhead. We have a God that loves us, a God that hears every cry, a God that, that can, can hear and reach us in our despair. And that's what the Bible says. His arm is not short that it cannot save you. You know, when I read this this morning, my mind went back to when I was 12 years of age. I did something really stupid, which was not uncommon for me. 12 years of age, I did something really crazy. And as a result, I landed on a hospital bed and I had 30 minutes to live and the clock was ticking. And I remember lying. I can see it now in my mind's eye, lying on that hospital bed. And my father was at the end of the bed and I can see the panic in his eyes. I could see the sweat on his brow, not knowing what to do. You see, my father had always come to my aid. When I'd cried for help, my father's hand had always lifted me up when I'd fallen off my bike, when I'd, when I'd gone tumbling to the floor and grazed my knees. It had been my father's hand that had always lifted me and extended itself toward me and taken care of me. But on this day, on that bed, my father's hand was weak. My father's hand could not reach me. There are occasions in all of our lives where we come to a juncture in the road of life and no hand can reach us in our predicaments. No hand can save us from the issues, the crises, the circumstances that perturb us. It's just a fact of life. And there I was on that bed and I can remember my father worrying and concerned, arguing with the doctor. And the doctor, he said, sir, I've examined your son. There's absolutely nothing wrong with him. You can take him home. And my father's fighting against this, this doctor that seems so casual. My life is hanging in the balance. And my father says, no, I cannot take him home. He knew that there was something wrong, but his hand could not reach me. His hand was, was too weak to reach into the predicament and the grip of death that had me in its hold. Suddenly another, it was actually a consultant walked by and he heard my father and the doctor arguing back and forth. And in the meantime, my father had phoned my mother said, Diane, we need to pray. My hand cannot reach him. My hand cannot take control of him. He's outside of our boundaries. He's outside of our jurisdiction. And that he knew 
that in but a short time I would be leaving this earth, even as a 12-year-old kid, and going to another place. We need to pray, he said. And you know what? He started praying, my mother started praying, and another few band of people started praying. What were they doing? They were asking for another hand to be extended toward my life where human hands had failed, where human hands could not go. They were asking for the divine hand, the saving hand of God, the hand that never is too weak that it cannot reach you. There is no obstruction that this hand cannot move. There is no issue that this hand cannot help with. And I was on death's door. I didn't know it then when I was on the bed. I mean, I'm a 12-year-old kid. I didn't even know how to pray. They prayed and the consultant comes and he's concerned. And I remember him taking this big syringe and just putting it into my stomach and he drew blood. And that was not a good sign because it was an indication to him that I was bleeding internally. They rushed me into surgery, opened me up, drained off two and a half pints of blood. A lot of blood for a kid who's 12 years of age. And then they came back out and said, your son had a half inch tear in his liver. But between being in accident and emergency... And on the way down to theater, we've discovered that mysteriously, the half-inch tear in the liver has healed itself. I'm telling you, what is that? That's another hand reaching. That's another hand reaching to save, reaching to deliver. A hand that is not threatened by death. A hand that is not threatened by the foolish actions of a 12-year-old kid that got him into a crisis, into a mess. Did I deserve the extension of God's hand? Well, if you look on the face of it, no, I didn't. But God loves us. He goes beyond our mistakes. He goes beyond our foolish decisions. Why? Because of an all-encompassing, unfailing love. Your love today. And if, you, if there's one thing I want you to know this morning, as you leave this place, is that you are loved by God. And Jesus died to prove it. And he rose from the dead. To declare it, he really did. Recently, I was chatting to a wealthy property developer and I handed him a Bible. I said, this will do you good. Read it. There's lots of things in there that will bless you and help you. We all come to points in our lives where we need hope where we need strength, when life brings us to the point of crisis, when we fall to our knees and we don't know what to do, this will tell you where to go with your cares and your problems. That property developer came, came up to me yesterday and he said, do you know that book that you gave me? I've been reading it. He said, it's been doing me real good, real good. Oh, the Bible will give you hope. It'll navigate your course through life. And this is one of the reasons why Isaiah 
sees it and he declares it to people who are in a hopeless predicament of life. They're not out of reach. They might be out of man's reach, but they're not out of God's reach. And he says, God's arm will extend to you and save you. It's strong. It's caring. God does not extend a fist. It's an open hand of love and care and strength. Do you know, recently I, I tore some ligaments in, in my arms. And um, one, of the, one of the things that happened is that I've lost my strength. It's very hard to lift anything up. Really hard to even lift the hoover up. I can manage the remote control for Netflix, but, but that's about it, church. That's about it. So Faye's been doing the hoovering. Faye's been doing the ironing. And I don't know when I'm going to get healed. I don't know if I'm ever going to get healed. But such is life. <laughs> Do you know what? We are weak. We are frail. Life is a very delicate thing. Our minds, our emotions, our feelings, as we go through life, as we walk on this journey. Hey, listen, God knows that. He created us. And he says, can I come along on this journey with you? I'll walk by your side, but even better than that, I'll jump on into your heart and I'll give you peace that passes understanding. I'll give you strength that will take you through every sorrow. I'll give you joy for your depression. And I'll take away your fears when you feel alone. What an invitation. What a God. What an extension of his arm to bring us into everything that he wants for our lives. Oh, how he loves us. He really does. And I, right now, I'm going to pray a prayer. And maybe today, for the first time, you're going to pray that prayer to ask Jesus into your heart like I did. You said, well, Dave, I've never prayed before. That's absolutely fine. The greatest prayer that you can pray, and don't forget this one, is not those long old traditional prayers that sound so beyond us. The, pr the greatest prayer that anyone can pray, and the prayer that I've prayed on many, many occasions contains but four letters. Help! Help! David said, he hears my cry. He hears your cry and he delivers you from all of your pain and fears. I'm going to pray right now. And you're going to pray too. And he's going to extend his arm. He's going to extend his arm and he's going to reach you and you're going to have peace. He's going to comfort some of you. You've been carrying hurts. You've been carrying pain. You need peace, just like me. Do you know what? There is a peace that you cannot find in this world. There's a, there's a void in our lives that, that needs and is shaped for God and God alone. And right now, Jesus is at the door of your heart. And this prayer, listen, this prayer is going to open that door. You're going to open that door by just saying, Jesus, would you forgive me of my sin? Jesus, would you come into my life? Jesus, 
Would you be that Prince of Peace that I need you to be? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it doesn't get, it doesn't get any more difficult than just a simple cry from your heart. And that's easy. It really is. Look at these words here, Romans chapter 10, I believe, verse 13. And this is what we're going to do together. It says, for everyone, not a selected few, everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be saved. It doesn't matter what predicaments, what fears, what issues, what life events are trying to cripple you and imprison you. You will sense his saving embrace right now as we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and we're going to pray together right now. A real simple prayer. And you're going to pray it from your heart. You're calling on the name of the Lord right now. His arm, you're going to find, is going to reach right in to that empty void, that empty place, that empty space inside, and He's going to fill it with His life. He's going to fill it with His joy and peace. Let's say this together. Let's pray this out loud together, all of us. And if you're praying it for the first time, you pray it with us. Why don't we all say this in this room collectively? Jesus... Come on, let's say it louder. Jesus, we come to you today. And I ask you to forgive me my sin. I believe that you rose from the dead and that you want to live in my heart. I call on your name. Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Let your hand reach my life and save me. Amen. Now, while heads are bowed, while eyes are closed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, would you quickly lift your hand up? I'll see it. We'll give you, that's it. There's hands going up. That's it. Could we just give these, these few that, that have lifted their hands, keep your hands raised. We just want to give you a Bible. Don't be afraid today. Lift your hand up. You prayed that prayer asking Jesus for the first time. We'll give you a few moments. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. You've prayed that prayer asking Jesus into your life. Lift your hand. We'll give you a little stories booklet and a Bible to take away today. There's hands there. Just let's look out for them and give them a Bible. What a wonderful service it's been today. What a wonderful presentation of the gospel we've seen from our children. And you know what? Over this Easter, this is the time where we really focus on the fact that Jesus died on the cross for us, that Jesus died for our sins, that he was punished for all of the wrongdoing that we've done, and that God raised him from the dead to new life so that we could live in new relationship with him as a result of placing our hope and our faith in him. If you prayed that prayer today, maybe for the first time, 
We would love to meet with you after this service. I'd certainly love to talk to you and welcome you into God's family if I can pray for you or Faye can. We would love to do that. But God bless you this morning as you prayed that prayer. Church, God bless you. And I'm telling you, why don't we stand to our feet and give him thanks today for his saving grace, for his saving arm that's reached us, blessed us, and given us new life. Come on, church.